The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, now your host, Jim Tofty. Thanks for checking us out, everybody. You know, when Bill Oakley isn't writing scripts that make people laugh, chances are pretty good that he is delivering fast food reviews that make people's mouths water. I wanted to talk about Bill's annual Steamy Awards for the best in fast food, and also his career as a longtime writer and showrunner on The Simpsons. He's also had a hand in Futurama, Portlandia, and one of my favorite animated shows, Mission Hill. I've got Bill Oakley on the line right now. Yep. Bill, Happy New Year to you, sir. How you been? Uh, I've been well, thank you. Great. What is your home base? Is it Portland? Yeah, Portland, Oregon. I'm trying to figure out, are you a foodie or a snacky or both? (laughs) I would say I'm probably both. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not a high-end foodie, you know, I'm not a gourmet. Oh, I know that, and that's what I like about what you do and what you talk about on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I love the reviews you do, not only because they're about a minute long, so they're easily digestible, but you, you do places like Five Guys, Arby's, McDonald's, all the places that most of us go to. Yes. In fact, you know, I just came back. You're in Las Vegas, right? Yes. I just went to Las Vegas, and you guys have... Um, you guys have Freddy's there, which is my favorite fast food there there is. And I only get to have it when I go to Las Vegas because we don't have them around here. But I, I made a special trek out to Freddy's there and had my had the double steak burger with cheese and their fries oh. and their Chicago dog. And like that place remains my favorite fast food burger. That is that so I've ever had. That is so amazing you mentioned that because that is my favorite place. In fact, it's the first place that I would compare to Culver's, which they have, you know, in different places. I think they have them in now in Phoenix, but mostly in the Midwest. Um, very similar, you know, they've got those concrete shakes and the steak burgers are unbelievable. And yeah, they I think they now have three locations here. We first found out about Freddy's drive into uh, Southern California on vacation. They had one on the way there. Yeah. I, I, I always make it a point to go when I'm in Las Vegas, and it is. I agree. I've never been able to try Culver's because I've never been any place where they have them, but um, I do, like, you're right. I mean, I, I can't agree with you more. Yeah, and the best. yeah, very similar. Uh, your annual Steamy Awards are so good because you talk about the best fast food uh, and mail-order foods, which is very unusual. And without further ado, what did you see as the best fast food sandwich of 2021? Okay, well, get ready to be surprised. <laughs> this sandwich, you know, there were a lot of, this was the year of the chicken sandwich, and there were lots of chicken sandwiches, there was, and there was a number of new burgers, but the winner of, of my best picture, which is best food sandwich of the year, was the crispy fish sandwich from Arby's, because it, it was better than all of those. And people, everybody, when I posted this, people were like shocked, they didn't believe me, uh-huh. they thought I was just bringing around, but it's not, it's the case, I'm serious. And so I went and confirmed it. I went this week again. I had two more. This sandwich <laughs> is terrific. You don't think Arby's is going to, you know, you don't think of fish sandwiches at any place, really, but you certainly don't think of them from Arby's. No. They have a, the, the fish is so unusually so unusually crispy and light, and there's this sauce that's a little bit of the sweet tartar sauce on there, which just, like, makes me, uh, you know, I, I wanted to eat, keep eating them. I, and so uh, this is, like, it's a shocker. If you get to Arby's, check this sandwich out. You won't be disappointed. Unless you go to an Arby's, it somehow screws it up. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's really, really good. 
In and Out Burger, which is, of course, you know, very popular wherever you go. So there's an In and Out Burger here, not too far from our house. There's an Arby's, really, right across the parking lot. And if In and Out is just packed to the point where you can't wait any longer, they get all that In and Out overflow. So I guess I'll have to go try it. I'll have to go to Arby's. Arby's is surprisingly good. What was the best fast food non-sandwich item? All right. Well, this was not a surprise. It was from Popeye's. Popeye's, every time Popeye's introduces something, it's generally a home run. It was Popeye's chicken nuggets. And Popeye's, you know, has over the years has done a number of different things with chicken tenders and popcorn chicken. But this year they actually came out with chicken nuggets. And they're so far, they're so far and above every other fast food chicken nugget. I mean, Popeye's really knows their chicken. Um, the, the meat is unusually tender. The, the, it's so crisp. It's so crispy. There's such a great batter on it. Comes with their, any of their delicious sauces. So Popeye's chicken nuggets wasn't really a big surprise. Didn't get a lot of controversy for that one because it's just like it, it's a real winner. That that those nuggets. You went to Harvard. You rode for the Lampoon. Is that just a prerequisite for becoming uh, a comedy writer? a certain type of comedy writer maybe i don't know <laughs> uh there's certainly most 99 percent of comedy writers are not from there uh and we all end up kind of working for those for them so i wouldn't say it is it certainly helps because you spend a lot of time uh preparing you know doing comedy writing for free <laughs> so you have a little bit of a more experience when you graduate but um, it doesn't necessarily make you any better at it is that where you met your eventual writing a partner josh weinstein guys would write a spec script for Seinfeld. Did that ever get used, or was that something that really kind of drew attention, at least, to you guys for future projects? It, it, didn't, it did not get used, although Larry David said it was the second best Seinfeld script, spec script he ever read. Okay. And so we did, uh, they, they did, uh, he didn't use that episode, but he did ask us to pitch other ones, and he also tried to hire us away from The Simpsons, but we couldn't get out of our contract at the Simpsons, um, even though we wanted to go to Seinfeld at the time. So um, it did generate, and it, it is what got us hired at the Simpsons as well. So um, it did, you know, it, it definitely got the attention that got us our career. Yeah, I guess it was around 95, you and Josh were promoted to executive producers and showrunners. Was there pressure with that, or did you feel like, well, this show is probably not going to last much longer anyway? <laughs> um, there was pressure. I mean, it, it, I, we were prepared for the pressure because we've been working there for years already, and so we knew what we wanted to do. Um, but also, people, you know, most TV sitcoms that are successful don't go beyond season eight or nine. When you think that TV history, like Nash, Cheers, Seinfeld, you know, they go to season nine or ten, and that's it. So we were pretty sure the show was going to end uh, around season eight or nine. So we were just like, let's have all the fun we can with this universe. You know, let's do these episodes that push the boundaries. Let's do some experimental stuff. Um, and let's just make sure we have all the fun we, we can before this thing runs out of gas. And now here we are 23 years later. And it's still going. That wasn't expected. Yeah, that's it's just amazing to me every year. And they, they keep re-upping for another couple years each time. By the way, for the layman... Uh, for most of us out there, how do you write a half an hour episode for animation? Do you 
do you overwrite? You write a lot, and then eventually you're you're able to cut it down to whatever size you need. Uh, you definitely do that. Um, basically, it's really much. It, the scripts are just like writing sitcom script. Um, it's not it's no different than writing a regular live action show. Generally, except that you don't have to worry about the number of sets or actors or those production things. Um, it, it's pretty similar uh, to writing regular TV scripts. Um, you know, except except you have more visuals uh, in them, so uh, you know you don't have to worry. And you do write them a little bit long, but you can't write them extra long because animation costs a lot of money. So you know, maybe you get an extra minute or two in there um, that you can edit down, but you don't get to you don't get to animate forty minutes of stuff. You know, you only get to animate an extra minute, maybe. Right, right. I loved your show Mission Hill, which was on Adult Swim, and I. I think there was only about 13 episodes. Now, was that the type of show that was difficult to pitch? Yeah, thank you for bringing up Mission Hill. Yes, it's one of my favorite, it was our favorite thing we ever did. Um, and it was it was not difficult to pitch because at the time, everybody wanted an animated show. You know, all the networks saw the success of them and King of the Hill, and they wanted to get on board. So when we pitched that show initially to the WB, it was not hard at all to sell it um, because I don't think they even really paid attention. They're just like, hey, it's an animated show from those guys from The Simpsons. We should buy it. Um, and then uh, during the time that the two years it took to make the show, they decided they were going to become the Teenage Girl Network um, because Buffy the Vampire Slayer took off. And then by the time <laughs> we finally delivered, it was, not, it was not the right show for that network and it immediately got canceled. Um, but then it lived on in Adult Swim for, uh, for many years and that's why it has this following these days. It's just, you know, the voices, Brian Posen, Jane Wiedlin of the Go-Go's, and uh, how did you get someone like Jennifer Jason Lee? Uh, she was just friends with one of the writers, and she was super cool. She really wanted to do it. Nice. Well, uh, all I have to say is I love your reviews, your food reviews. You've been uh, referred to as the Gordon Ramsay of fast food. Check out Bill's wonderful Instagram and Twitter pages uh, at that bill oakley for the latest uh, reviews it really makes me happy that you said that about freddy's that's just amazing to me it was great talking to you uh, and, and stay well my friend thank you you too and once again make sure you check out bill's awesome minute reviews on instagram and twitter also he is currently serving as head writer and executive producer of the hbo max series close enough Well, that does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm going to go out and grab a burger right now. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Thanks for stopping by. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. 